Welcome to the End Times Chat. Our passion is found in the words of Jesus. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. People will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. When these things begin to take place, stand up and lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Each week, you will hear news from around the world that will urge you to wake up to these events to make you knowledgeable about what the Bible says about them. Join GJ and Dan in the conversation. Yes, I am. I'm ready. I'm ready. I was born ready. Born ready. Actually, I don't know if I was born ready, but I'm ready now. I'm ready now. Well, hey, for everybody that's joining us, we have a really amazing power pack, jam pack. We really got nothing. We just don't have anything. No, we got lots of stuff. Well, no, that, that's a great intro. Oh, thanks for listening to Tanya. <laughs> no, no. So we have a great, we have a lot to talk about today. We're going to shift a little bit again today from Christmas uh, last week and New Year's coming up this coming weekend. And we're going to talk about two commands, two commands that we need to make the rule of our lives. We're going to talk about that. We've got the winter storm going on all over the country of the United States. We got China. We got Taiwan. We got epic TV documentaries. We got gunfire. We've got experts that are talking about Mount Sinai. And we have a poor 73-year-old chaplain that was told he needed to take off. Well, we'll tell you about that when we get later. And we have a special guest. Oh, we got a special guest. We got a special From guest. From Ireland. Why don't we bring him in now? Let's bring him yeah, in Yeah, bring him on, dude. Uh, he only has a short amount of time. Everybody, they don't want to look at you. They want to look at the... <laughs> they want to look at the fabulous, the illustrious... Bald-headed man. The ex-yaladocious, wonderful John Gamble. John Gamble, welcome to the show. John! Beep, beep, beep. Welcome to a uh, very wintry Northern Ireland. Good to be on the chat. Is it really wintry over Northern Ireland? Well, they say in Ireland in the wintertime, the rain just is really cold. In the summertime, it's warm. So we've got really cold rain at the moment. In the summertime, it just gets warmer. Wait, wait. Can I just ask you a question? Isn't cold rain just snow? <laughs> it's just kind of miserable. But we're all tucked up in front of the fire. Everyone's happy. The kids are all having a good time. So, yeah, everything's great. Oh, my gosh. John Gamble, it is great to see you. It's been five months since we had you on. The last time we chatted with you, you were in your car. Try, trying to keep the internet going. <laughs> and I was in some hotel in Iceland somewhere. GJ was nice and cozy, warm in a hot Nebraska sun. So anyway. Very happy where I am right now. But not right now. Not right now. Well, hey, we obviously could be chatting a lot about the personal stuff, but real quick, just tell us how was your Christmas? What is going on in the Gamble family with ministry? And then Fill us in, because we know you only have a short amount of time, but fill us in a little bit about what's going on in the UK that could relate to the end times. Okay, so yeah, very good. We have had a great Christmas. Typically, we take 10 days vacation over here. We, we, we party hard over here with the vacation time, so that's been good to have some time off with some family. Church-wise, we had a pretty busy schedule up to, up to Christmas. We, it went great. We had a few big events in church, so it was awesome. I've been out visiting some friends in France who just planted a church out there. God's moving out there in a very secular world. So that's interesting and uh, kind of a sign for what it's going to look like for us in the future or what church and the government will look like towards church. So 
it's been great. We've had a great time. As far as what does it look like the end times, there's nothing been too major. However, there's a massive cost of living crisis over here. We really rely on the public sector or we have a government-controlled healthcare over here, the National Health Service. So our nurses have been striking, our postal service have been striking, our firefighters have been striking, and our rail workers have been striking. So the country's a little bit in turmoil right now. As far as that's concerned, it's hard to get in. Even our, some of our airport people, the Border Patrol, are striking. So the airports are crazy over Christmas. Wait, wait. Start that list over again. You said firefighters? Yes. So we have the nurses, the firefighters, the postal service, which is runs the, the Royal Mail, and um, the Border Patrol at the airports, the guys who check your passports. I mean, that speaks to three major issues of control. For example, safety from fire health, and protection. I mean, all three of those things are now in jeopardy. And travel. But sorry, the railway, the railway strike, the, there's massive railway strikes in the mainland UK right now. So that's, that's basically the country, country shut down once you get those guys off the, off the grid. So that's pretty scary. For sure, Is asked a lot of questions and uh, people really rely on the government. Like the government is like our God here in some ways, I find. I believe that people are searching to the government for answers. They're not searching to God. So maybe the government may step in and become the savior in this scenario, as we kind of maybe said earlier. But uh, it's kind of a bit scary like that, I guess. Wow. Thoughts, JJ? Well, a couple of things. One is when the government is controlling every aspect of your life, then they can control how you behave or don't behave. So we know in the end days that that gets tighter and tighter. And then, you know, once Jesus comes back, you know, in the rapture, the government has to step in because there's so much chaos. And then people are hungry for a savior. And like you're saying, they're looking towards the government for the savior, although it's a false savior and a false sense of security. And then on one hand, it sounds good. Okay, we can fix this. And that's good. Also, anytime something good, they can also use it for evil. And we know that the Antichrist ends up appearing you know, at some point and everybody, and then the whole world is turned upside down, even to a whole nother level. So I just see these are all precursors and they're basically educating the world how to behave. How are people being impacted? How can we pray for people in the UK, Ireland, Northern Ireland, that is? Well, all of Europe, because it sounds like if the railways are down, which is a huge transportation in all of Europe, it's not just the UK, it's going to affect all of Europe. Well, we live in a socialist, the Europe's a socialist, it's very different than you guys, you're in a capitalist world, we're in a socialist world, so people just unfortunately can't afford to live at the moment with the price of, like, or, or gas prices are super high, or heating prices or electricity prices are super high compared to what you guys would have over there, and I appreciate that it still is quite high in the States, so we just, have, we especially in church and ministry, we just, people are really struggling. When you have a nurse that can't afford to pay for heating bills, that's not good. And a nurse is a good job over here. You have to work hard for it. You have to go to university for four years. And if those people can't afford to heat their home or feed their children, that's not a good place to be. So I guess just pray for some resolution and get like a nurse is basically just above minimum wage over here. So if we can get some sort of fair pay system and try to figure out, I don't know what way the healthcare system is going to go, whether it's going to be slightly privatized or how it's going to look, but we just need some resolution as far as people being able to make ends meet and working hard to do that. Wow. It gives a new, it gives the meaning. and. And Dan, you can elaborate on this, where a full day's wage, it'll take a full day's wage to buy a loaf of bread. So really, really, you're headed in that direction on a very fast pace. Mm, yeah, for sure. 
Well, we will definitely be praying for you. Actually, we'll do, we'll pray right now. GJ can lift up a prayer for everybody over there. And then I know you got a lot going on with your family over there. Cannot wait to see you in a couple of weeks because are you coming out here? That's the plan. Yeah, we're in California, end of January, kind of 20th, I believe we're heading out. So, and thank, thank you for having me, guys. And uh, you're doing a great job. Really love being on. Man, love having you. GJ, why don't you say a word of prayer over our good friend, John Gamble? So you're going to actually see Dan in the flesh. Looks like it. <laughs> well, Nebraska, come on. Come on, bro. Come on. <laughs> all right, well, let's pray. Father, we come to you. We thank you for all the blessings you are bringing us. And we know that you use everything for your greatness and all for good. Even though it may not seem like it's for good, it may not seem like it at the time. We know that you are in control and that you're using everything for your goodness. I pray for John and his family and, and everything that he's doing there in a, in a really social, like you said, socialistic and secular world. I pray for continued peace and covering and protection for him and his family, his church. I pray for everyone in Ireland and all of the UK. And I pray that all these, all these challenges come together for all the good. We also know that when there's times of stress, people tend to look for other options. And I pray that they look towards you, Lord. So again, we thank you for everything that you're doing in John and his family's life and all there in Northern Ireland. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. John Gamble, so great to see you. Can't wait to see you in person. Have a great show, guys. Bye-bye now. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year's, man. Talk to you later. All right. See you, John. It's always good to see him. Yeah, he has such a happy perspective. I know. Yeah, he's just such a good guy. And the guy is, the cool thing about John Gamble is that he's got a lot of great entrepreneurial things going on all the time. Like, they have, he has a digester. Like, I don't know if you know, if you know what a digester is, three huge. No, I don't. I don't. Electricity. I have no entrepreneurial skills, so I'm all ears. Shut it down. You are the entrepreneur of entrepreneurs. <laughs> I am not going to accept that. Don't, don't you know how to spell it? Uh, entree? Preneurs. <laughs> Whoa. I know. How do you like my new velvet Christmas present? Is that velvet? Velvet. Oh, man. How in the world did the Kansas City team afford velvet? <laughs> well, here's the thing. This, this hat was the same price as any other hat. <laughs> that is really oh. funny. Oh, oh. We got from our sponsor. Oh, Ty. Oh, 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 LSU Ty. Wait, when did they become a sponsor? They didn't. Come on. <laughs> they get free airtime. I'm dreaming. I'm dreaming. Free airtime. Well, hey, we do have a lot to cover. I'm glad John was able to pop on. And the first thing, first things first. Wait, wait. First things first is how was your Christmas? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. My people, Christmas. Everybody wants to know. Everybody wants to know before we get into the heavy stuff. Okay, okay, okay. And you got to answer the same question. You got to answer the same question. My Christmas was really good. We spent some time with some family. We had a little opening of presents for Journey in the morning. My mother-in-law came over for a little bit. And then we had a nice big luncheon where I made panettone French toast that was filled with chocolate chips. My mouth is watering just thinking about it. And we had a great time with family. We actually went to go visit a couple of good friends. Uh, you know them. Named Devin and Veronica. Whoa, you went to Texas? No, no. We went up to their lake house up in Lake Wildwood. It's about an hour away. And um, yeah, we're going to see them again next week, hopefully. Maybe we can um, FaceTime you in. Hey, that'd be fine. You can rub it in. 
You can rub it in. You can say, hey, it's warm here. It's not here. Hey, hey. And so how was your Christmas? Christmas was good. Although we had the major storm came through that we talked about last week. Of course, it was on all the national headlines. Came through. It got down to minus 15 here. We did have a frozen drain pipe. <laughs> so our some of our shower and bathtub and sinks were not draining. And I had to put a heater out in the garage. And I learned a lot about using a lot of Drano. <laughs> a lot of Drano. But, hey, but it's working out. And today will be a high of 40. Woo! Come on. Woo! We're going out. Sitting out back in the frozen tundra, sunbathing. Sunbathing. Oh, my gosh. Well, we're going to talk about the weather here in just a minute because there are some crazy things that this storm that blew across the United States has done. But let me just pop this up on the screen here. You may have posted this one. I don't remember. I never remember, actually. But I do have your name on a couple of them here. But I'll let you take this one. I think you posted this. I can't remember if I posted it. I think I did. Um, however, I actually had this conversation with my daughter today. My daughter lives in Kansas, and then my oldest son lives in Arizona. So we we're talking about this because she grew up in Arizona most of her childhood. And today's her birthday, by the way. Whoop, whoop. Come on. Shout out to Rachel. So I had a really good talk with her, and we're talking about how it's getting tighter and tighter. So they actually may, there's always been water restrictions, and I used to live out in, in Vegas. And we would have to, like, certain times of the day or certain days of the week, we could not, like, water the yard or, you know, use water in certain ways. And now Lake Mead, Lake Powell is under major drought, and it's to a point where it's catastrophic, which is going to affect, like, five or six states, uh, Arizona being one, California, obviously. So drought is happening in a big, big way, and we're, we're experiencing drought here in Nebraska. And so anyway... They're, they're getting to a point where they, as of January 1, they may have certain areas where they don't say, hey, you can't use water. They're, we're gonna, we're gonna, they're gonna turn it off. It's that bad. It's just getting worse and worse. And then, you know, we've talked about the, uh, you know, the rivers in, in the Middle East and how they're drying up. And there's also prophecy tied to that. So water is going to be a major issue. And I've heard about that for years and years and years. And now it's starting to become a reality across the globe. Yeah. There's one thing that is essential. There's two things that are essential to life, right? Water and air. And not having water, which we are made up of about 70 to 75% of water is what we're made up of. If we don't have water. It, it's only a matter of time before that becomes not just a major issue, but a global issue. So definitely something to keep our eyes on. But what really caught my eye about that was that plus also the fact that they're just going to turn off the faucets. Like all yeah. it takes for them to stop letting the water flow. When I say them, I mean anybody that's the government. Charge, the government. And all they have to do is just turn off, turn it off, stop it from flowing. And all of a sudden, you've got all these people crying out and wanting the government to help them and turn it back on. And then now they are like, "Well, if you want it back on, we got to do these things." We're going to talk a lot about that today, but we do need to get, talk about this winter storm. This winter storm has just crippled a lot of the United States. How far down did it go, GJ? Did it go all the way down to Texas? I think it went all the way down to Texas, did it not? Yes. Well, even down in Florida, I mean, my son flew down to see his mom and stepdad for, for Christmas. And, you know, it was, I mean, compared to where it was here, it was nothing. However, for there, it's brutal. And as we learned last year, 
in the in the winter when all those pipes were freezing or two years ago down in Texas, they're not set up for this kind of cold. So, you know, if it gets below freezing in certain parts, we think, well, that's not that big a deal. It is for that area. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's leave it's leading a uh what's leaving a, a, a major cold wake and people are struggling, people are dying. And we also know that the costs of living, like John talked about, the cost of living continues to go. Well, I'm seeing our heating bill is approximately 30% higher than it was last year. Oh, yeah, definitely. As a matter of fact, I think I calculated ours, and I'm not trying to big league it here, but California is California. has gone up about 60 to 70% over last year. It's unbelievable. Like we, And everybody's talking about it around the area, about how much they've, it's gone up. Had to big league me. Had to big league me. Ah, uh, yeah, I did, of course. <laughs> uh, but no, the sad thing is, is that there have been about 36 to 40 people, I think, that have died so far because of the storm across the country. And probably one of the worst ways, in my opinion, that you could go. I didn't want to show this video because it was very, it, I didn't even want to watch the rest of it. I could only watch a couple of seconds of it, of this 18-year-old girl that was stuck in her car in a snowdrift, could not get out. She sent a video to her family to saying goodbye. And then she actually did perish in the storm, unfortunately. But I mean, that's the kind of stuff that we're talking about this. And not only that, but there were record, record snowfalls in Northern New York. 43 inches is the most amount of snow in one storm on record to date. Not that it hasn't happened in hundreds of years before that we know of, but 43 inches recorded history. That's a lot of history of recorded history. I mean, you guys got a little bit of snow there, but it's mainly the cold that happened, right? Yeah, we just got a dusting. I mean, we might have had an inch and then with the blowing, but we also had heavy winds. So the winds, you know, made the cold factor even worse. You know, well, ironically, south of us had more snow than, than where we're at. And then, of course, north. Going back to New York, I mean, about three weeks ago, they had a major storm as well. And in Buffalo, they had six feet of snow on the ground. Now it wasn't, and that was like within a 36, 48 hour span. You're looking at some of these areas. And then like with New York, if you, if you watch or read anything that Jonathan Kahn has put out, where a lot of the things where the spiritual barriers have been placed, you know, New York's one of those. And I, every time I see something like that, I think, is that a, is that a sign? Absolutely. This was the coast, uh, the East coast. Actually, this is in Pennsylvania. So this is Lake Erie. And Lake Erie, of course, got slammed with this storm. But this this is what they're seeing on Lake Erie right now with this much of the waves that are coming in because of the wind. And look at that. I mean, that's that looks like it should be on the coast of the East Coast or the West Coast. But I just kind of want to go back to that one house. I mean, check that out. That That is just a house on the side of Lake Erie. That because of all the wind and the waves and the water, these massive icicles, it looks like it's a frozen tundra. So it's, this looks devastating all across parts of the, of the country. You can see this as I'm scrolling through here, some of the things that we're looking at. But why do we talk about a winter storm? Because it seems like, well, you're just taking it. I know some people, they'll be like, well, this, this, this stuff happens just because it's in recorded. It hasn't been in recorded history. It hasn't, it hasn't happened before. Look, we're just pointing you in the direction. You can make whatever judgments you want to make. But in my opinion, the fact that everything is happening the way it's happening in these massive storms, this massive cold, 
I mean, there was a drop, I believe it was a 50 degrees in one area in, in about an hour. And that is just weather that we've not ever seen or experienced or even knew could happen. And so why does that make a big issue? Because as we get closer to the end times, we're going to see a lot of strange things. And I even posted in, and I'm not sure if you saw it, you know, GJ, but I posted in our description today, the scriptures that we rely on. And that's what Jesus said. He says, there will be strange signs in the sun, moon, and stars. And here on earth, the nations will be in turmoil, perplexed by the roaring seas and the strange tides. People will be terrified of what they see coming upon the earth, for the powers in the heavens will be shaken. You can't get any more clear of a picture of the powers of the uh, sky being, or the powers of the heavens being shaken. So I want to remind everybody of that because every once in a while, we just need to let them know. That's earth news. you have any more earth news, GJ? Because we had some crazy happening in, with China and Taiwan. We haven't talked about them in a while. I, I don't. The one thing I'll, I'll elaborate on is, is that, yeah, you could say, well, that's, you know, like the hundred year storm or the hundred year, whatever, you know, it might've happened, you know, hundred years ago or whenever. What we're seeing is an elevated craziness with weather, with economics, with unrest, with, you know, wars and rumors of wars all across the globe at an elevated level. That's what makes this seem not normal. And as it says in the Bible, and we talk about this all the time, there will, there shall be perilous times. Well, perilous times could be economic, could be weather, could be storms. It could be wars, rumors of war. It could be, you know, a whole gamut of things. So we're seeing this elevate. And the one thing that, uh, the last thing I'll say is, and, I, and that leads right up to what you're talking about, or going to talk about, is that the average person can say something's, things are different. They just can't necessarily articulate what that is. And of course, when you say, oh, the last two years, three years, it's definitely been different. And people like, they'd like to go back to the way it used to be. Well, it probably is going to happen. And the one thing that I see that is very consistent is that it's just nothing seems normal and, and it's unsettling in so many ways. It is. And you know what? One of the One of the cautions that I always like to give people is that, hey, there's a lot of information coming at us from many different places. And so it's difficult to really be able to tell what is legitimate and what's not legitimate. When things like things in the sun, moon, and stars happen in the earth, those are things that are outside the control of mankind. They just are. Now, you might say the weather is not outside the control of mankind. And of course, I believe that there are some entities or whatever you want to call them that are trying to control the weather at certain points. But that's just a whole nother rabbit hole we can go down later. But I, uh, I just like to say, when things like earthquakes, when things like wars are, and rumors of wars are happening, when the, the strange tides and the perplexing nature of the, of the waves and all of these things that are happening all around the world, these great earthquakes, these are things that only can happen because they've been set in motion by God. You can rely on those things that are happening and saying, if I'm just going to look at these signs, these signposts, and know the end is is coming near. It, it's not here yet, but it's coming near. Well, the other thing to to elaborate on this, Dan, is, you know, what can you do? Well, one thing that I encourage is, and you and I do this on a on a weekly basis. I mean, we 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 post stories, we read stories. We don't even post everything that we read that might be something, that might not. There's a lot more we could post. The one thing that I can continuously do is. Be in the word, 
the word, which is God's Bible, the Bible, and be in the word and pray for discernment and pray for wisdom. And sometimes you just have to have that discernment and you don't have to have the answer, have the discernment. It's like, I don't know what, I don't have any facts here. I just know there's that gut feeling or there's that spiritual clarity and God will bestow that upon you if you're in the word, if you're praying, if you're doing the things to, to, to educate yourself and strengthen yourself so you don't, may not understand it, but God can help walk you down the path and just, you know, have, have more peace. I see Eric, Eric and Holly Inberg, they're uh, posting in there. Yeah. So he's, what we're talking about, this wars, famines, plague, and death, these are what he's reminding us of are the four horsemen. And I was actually just reading in Zechariah, which is one of the minor prophets, which doesn't get read very often, I think, by many people. But Zechariah actually is one of the end times books. And it does mention not just four horsemen, but teams of horses that have these same colors. And Jesus or the angel of the Lord tells Zechariah that these are the four spirits that go out and they do the bidding that God's bidding and have the same colors as the colors of these horses that Eric is talking about right now. So yeah, their names are conquest, war, famine, plague, and death. Uh, yes, thank you, Eric. Zechariah 2 and 6. I love having him on the show. Yeah. We should have him on the show. We should have yeah. Eric should bring you on at one point. So we'll have to get you hooked up and maybe we can have you on so we can chat a little bit more about this. Eric is probably one of the, I would say, one of the best researchers of end times material that I've seen in a long time. So uh, he really does. Dude, what are we waiting on? I don't know. We'll have Eric. You've been holding out. <laughs> Oh, Derek knows more than we do. Oh, I don't want to bring him on the show because he knows more than we do. No, no, no. The interesting thing is, is that why we bring him on. (laughs) Last week, we just happened to be talking about faith. He says, sure. He's all right. That's a commitment right there. Right there. We're going to show it to everybody. He's going to come on the show sometime in the near future. Anyway, we just happened to talk about faith last week and Eric was happening to be watching. And, you know, there was this connection of reconnection again that happened. So it was really good to get back in contact with Eric. Can't wait to have you on. Can't wait to chat with you. <laughs> Pretty much after the bar exam is over. But uh, back to the back to the show. China sends thirty nine. No, actually, thirty nine is not even the number now. It's actually at 71. 71 oh. warplanes, three ships, and also uh, North Korea is sending drones into South Korea, and South Korea is shooting them down. So seventy one warplanes in twenty four hours, and three ships ships heading toward Taiwan. Things over in that area of the world are definitely delicate. Heating up. Heating up and very delicate. You know, it's like, have you ever, you ever boiled something on the stove, like pasta, and you walk away, and then you all of a sudden you hear the lid going, <laughs> and then all these bubbles start flying out, and then the flames shoot up. Have you ever seen that happen? That's why I don't cook. That's why you don't cook. <laughs> well, that... That's kind of what it reminds me of, of right now, what's going on in China and Taiwan and Russia and Ukraine and all the areas of the world over there. But as we've uh, been talking about, it is wars and rumors of wars. Nation will rise. will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. So that is exactly what is happening on that side of the world. And right now, I would say that the United States is not sitting on the sidelines. We actually are involved. And... The sad part about it is, is that there there is uh, billions of tax dollars that are being sent. Not to say that we don't support what the underdog here and support those that need to be supported. I'm just saying there's a lot of money being sent over, and that is uh, very interesting to me. So, any thoughts on that, GJ? Before we get kicked off, endtimes.chat 
is where you'll find us. <laughs> in times dot chat. In times dot chat. I'm getting brave. I'm getting brave in my old age. That's our website. Hey, we've we've made it through 112 shows. Whoop whoop. <laughs> but we know that wars and rumors of war continue to escalate. And we've we've said from day one, watch the Middle East, watch Russia, watch China, and obviously Taiwan is a key aspect because you know, a lot of the electronics and chips and, you know, for the entire globe are manufactured there. And so that's a very hotbed of business that could be disrupted on a greater level just from something like what's happening or could happen, which I believe will happen. Yeah. Very quickly, something like this could escalate into a massive world war. And we all know what happened last time in World War II. Don't want to really talk too much about Vietnam, but that was a, that in my opinion was more of a world war, even if they weren't fighting all over the globe. But yeah, we've got to keep that in prayer. We just have to keep watch because this uh, it says, don't worry, these things must happen. And then the end will come. So unfortunately it does happen. There are people that are impacted that are innocent and we do want to pray for them that God reaches out to them in some way and that they hear the gospel, that they have an opportunity to receive Christ before anything Amen. like that. You can find us at endtimes.chat. Endtimes.chat. Look at those two looking. Those guys are good looking. Wow. Um, I don't know who they are. They look like models. Well, I'm going to have to whiten my teeth to match my picture (laughs) because that's pretty white teeth right there. Thank you, Constance. Well, we also have a couple sponsors. One called... Whoa. Faithfullyfitandfree.com. Healthy body, healthy spirit, healthy mind. Have some great products. Got some of mine right here. This is just some of them. Awesome. And then we also got Target on my back. By the way, I'm sporting Target on my back sweatshirt right now. Whoa, you got hook. You got the hookup. You know what? I'm gonna have to hook you up this time. You gave me a hat. You gave me a shirt from your sister. I didn't give you the shirt. I didn't give you the shirt. I just sent sent it to you. Well, you hooked me up with getting it to me. That was all my sister. Oh, sister, I am so sorry. You deserve all the credit here. Thank you so much. But I'm going to have to send you a target on my back from targetonmyback.org. We got one more. GJ, tell us about one share. You send it to Julie or Julianne. <laughs> Julianne. Julianne. I'm, there's two people that call her Julie. That's me and my brother. Awesome. Tell us a bit about one share, our last sponsor. One share is a health sharing company. So if you need health, and this is US only. So I know we have people watching, listening around the globe, United States, America only. But it's a great alternative if you can't afford health insurance, don't have health insurance, or you want to reduce your costs in health insurance, OneShare is the place to go. Great people, great company, and easy, easy to find out the information. So you can go to OneShare and uh, check them out. So you can go find all that out on our site at endtimes.chat. Awesome. Well, back to the news, back to the show. This is something that caught my eye. A pair of boots? A pair of boots, yes. Before I actually show it, I did want to mention I couldn't pull it up on the I couldn't pull it up online because for some reason I had to subscribe to this one channel in order to be able to show it. But you had posted something about an Epic TV documentary on counterterrorism. So do you remember that one? I actually don't. I really don't. Well, Epic TV is a now it's a national kind of news service. They kind of came out right at the the pinnacle of all the things that were happening in this country three years ago kind of came on the scene and said, hey, we've got the news as they're supposed to give it, just real and raw with no opinion and commentary. 
but they they have now this thing called Epic TV. They put out a documentary on how counterterrorism has been turned now against Americans. Now, in this country, we're talking about the United States, to stop what they call disinformation or misinformation. So now all these efforts, especially with the FBI and with some of the counterterrorism. Three-letter three digits. The three-letter the three acronym, whatever you want to call them. I don't know. They're abbreviations. Talking about you need to go after people that are providing disinformation, misinformation. Now, the interesting thing about that is, is that anytime on our show, they could just say, those people that look out over us like this, they could say, you know what? What you said was wrong. It's disinformation. You're gone. Or this is misinformation because you're not offering both sides. You're gone. It's interesting that that's happening even more and more. And we've talked about it a lot. We've, we also talked about two years ago, two years and one month ago, as a matter of fact, we were booted off for about two or three weeks. We were still being able to present. But what happened was, is that we couldn't actually boost anything. They shut down my personal credit card. Isn't that fun? Anyway, so that's one thing I want to mention. But back to, uh, back to the thing that was popping up on the screen. So, GJ. Did you happen to see what's going on over in uh, a Snowden, U.S. city? Well, I know there was gunfire and, I mean, there's looting. I mean, all this defunding is now starting to pick up in other areas. And then anytime something like bad weather where people are that it's minimized, they can loot, they can just take advantage. So you have the criminals, they're going to take advantage of anything that they can to do whatever they're going to do. And uh, so anyway, it's just another, when I read an article like this, I think of uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. Just anything goes, doesn't matter, good and bad. And, and it's just like, that's what's happening in some of these towns and cities, not only in the U.S., but across the globe. So it actually says in the scriptures that violence will increase and that people will go to all lengths and kind of, push aside any kind of morals or ethics or anything that would happen in order to be able to get what they want or even what they need. But looting, in my opinion, is definitely the height of disrespecting somebody else's property or you know somebody that actually is trying to offer. But here's, here's a quote from this news article from the Western Journal. It says, Buffalo Arab business owners in Buffalo, New York, resist against looters with heavy gunfire. And this actual video on Facebook and some other places actually went viral of looters in Buffalo being shot at at the streets uh, during this massive storm. And you can hear gunfire all throughout the video. Now, we don't know if there's anybody that was injured, but it just goes to show you, first of all, that there, we're in a very delicate balance right now. And I think it's shifting more towards the violent side. Not think, I know it is. Shifting more towards the violent side. And that is something that we need to really be careful of and watch out for because the scripture is very clear that these things will happen and happen more and more towards the end times and where people will just not have any any regard for life any regard for human life and whatever they can do to get what they want and what they need they'll do it regardless of harming somebody else so wanted to make sure we pointed that out today what you also have when people are being held back or held down and like what you know we just discussed earlier you know the cost of living continues to go up well people can't afford they got and they're in a, the survival instinct. So sometimes it's not even a criminal mindset; is a survival mindset that kicks in. And I was reading a, an article earlier this week, and we really need to look in the spirit world. So if you look at the spirit world, both you know what God's doing and what Satan's doing, and there's two forces coming together. So we see that we see it being played out on Earth through mankind. 
if we look from a spiritual standpoint, you've got this friction going on. And the other thing is, as we have said, and I think this is a good visual, even though you can't see it if you're listening, is take some cellophane. So like the clear plastic that you use to cover typically foods or, you know, leftovers, and you put that cellophane over, and it's like the cellophane is being placed over the earth, and that pressure is slowly coming upon the earth. Well, that's what's happening. And then we're going to see people behave and do stupid things that you never thought would happen. And that's outside of the weather. That's outside of the the economics and all the other things that we talk about is just how people react. And there's a higher level of anxiety, depression, suicide. I mean, that's all like a, it's really a spiritual warfare that's happening that's being played out in the flesh. And I just see that continuing to be pressured. And I know you and I've had this dialogue. He's like, hey, how's it going? And and I'm like, well, I'm good, but I just feel like there's this pressure. Or I feel the pressure of the world, even though I feel peace <clears throat> and everything may be going well for me. I can feel that. I can sense that. And again, by being in the word <laughs> and being in prayer, and prayer is the number one weapon the enemy doesn't want us to use. Prayer and praying to Jesus. That's right. Well, yesterday, kind of moving on to things that make you go, Oh, you probably have a t-shirt underneath. No, I don't. No, not today. Not today. Julianne, do you hear this? Julie, do you hear this? Dan's not wearing a shirt. <laughs> I'm not wearing the shirt. Sorry, Julian. Not today. I can't tell you because I got 28 layers on. <laughs> well, and I'm inside. <laughs> yesterday, man, I mean, it seems like Southwest Airlines just had a massive meltdown and they could not. I don't know what was going on, but they had this massive disruption. 71% of their flights yesterday were canceled. 71% by 10 o'clock in a 24-hour period. That's like over 2,900 flights were canceled. Here's the crazy thing. Out of all the canceled flights across the world yesterday, that represented 50% of the canceled flights. If that's you and you're trapped, you're listening to this when you're trying to get home. Right now, they're even saying that you can't even get home until New Year's Day. That's how far out they're pushing people. But another thing that I don't, that I, we haven't really talked about too much is the travel and how travel could be impacted during the end times, especially when you can't buy and sell without showing a marker or they can limit the kind of travel that you have, right? So, and John Gamble talked about it with the trains and even the shipments and the freight that are going back and forth. I mean, this is really threw me for a loop yesterday. Tiny was telling about it. She goes, Dan, did you hear about the massive shutdown? Almost all the flights were canceled. Anyway, crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Well, last week, flights out of the Northwest, there were 700 flights canceled out of the Northwest because of weather. So, I mean, one thing I learned a long time ago, it was, it was December 16th. And I think it was December 16th, 2009. I was in LA and actually I was getting on a Southwest airline flight to fly back to Nebraska, to Omaha. And the line was outside the building all the way down past where you check in luggage on the outside. And I'm like, I'm not going to make this flight. And I was like, I will never travel from the 15th on. And I remember living in Vegas and I'd go pick up people or drop people off at the airport. And I'm like, I will never travel from the 15th on. 
by air because it's it's so crazy. You got to leave before and you got to leave after. So hint, hint, clue, clue. So anyway, I did make that flight. I literally was the last person on the flight. And as I walked in, they shut the door behind me. And the stress level and all, and I was like, oh my God. And, and if I'd missed the flight, that was the last flight. So then I'm stuck another day. And then you know how that works. And then you got to go back through the whole process the next day. So anyway, I made it home and lesson learned. So tell us about this, GJ. This is something you posted on End Times uh, chat on Telegram. Well, tell us what's going on here. I really don't know. I don't know anything about it. I don't even know if I posted that. That's how much I know. However, Mount Sinai, things are happening there. And like we just had the, I don't know if it was the World Economic Forum, but that was that type of group. They were doing things there. I mean, there a lot of times evil will mirror what God does or what is practiced and they'll invert it, which is called blasphemy. When I see articles like this, I'm looking at, okay, what is going on? And sometimes I look at the blasphemy that's going on versus what's happening. But I don't remember that article, and I have one heck of a memory, by the way. So people are going to think, you don't remember anything. My memory is like Rain Man memory, except I don't go to Kmart. You post so much that that's probably why you don't remember. <laughs> I really don't remember this article. I really don't. I'm not, I'm not jacking with you. Like I've done once in 112 shows. I could have been me. I, I, I could have forgotten that I even posted it, but in any event, you have been in study and study mode. I'll just study. It is true. It is true. Study is going really well. And as soon as we're done with the show, I'll be hammering down. But interestingly enough, I, I think what really caught my eye about this GJ is that, and also the pool of Siloam, they're actually in Jerusalem. They're excavating it and getting it ready for people to see and so people to do tours at the Pool of Siloam, which was way back in the days of the old prophets and also something that Jesus, he went to the Pool of Siloam, actually, in the New Testament. But right now they're saying that you can, that they're looking at these places up on the top of Mount Sinai that were charred that look like it potentially have been the place where God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. I'm like, that would be phenomenal. I think the closer we get to the end times, the more and more God's going to present to the earth. Hey, by the way, these things are real and these things are happening. There's a couple of things that we missed before I get to this message. But one of them is this guy named Noel Harari. Remember this guy from the World Economic Forum? This guy, he came out and he was talking on this interview. I just had to play. It's about a minute long. And then we're going to move into the message here in just a minute. But check this out. You say that the, the latest human quest is immortality and divinity. We're all trying to be superhumans. Is that actually happening? Yes, in places like Silicon Valley. And basically they are saying death is not some metaphysical phenomenon. We don't have to wait for the second coming of Christ in order to solve it. Uh, a couple of geeks in the laboratory can do it. Really? Hmm. What I'm hearing there is I'm hearing him say that, first of all, it sounds like he's admitting that Jesus is coming back. That's kind of what it sounds like, right? He goes, we don't have to wait for the second coming of Christ to solve the problem of death. A couple of computer geeks in a garage could actually solve the problem of death. That's what he's saying. To me, it sounds like what's happening with this guy in the World Economic Forum is that there is a massive battle between Jesus and the devil. So the enemy knows that Jesus is coming back. The enemy knows that Jesus is coming back. 
And he's going to do whatever he can to try to keep that from happening. I just feel like I should play that one part one more time. To me, that was very, very clear, but let me just play it one more time. And basically they are saying that is not some metaphysical phenomenon. We don't have to wait for the second coming of Christ in order to solve it. Uh, a couple of geeks in the laboratory can do it. So, GJ, why don't you tell us what you think about this before we move on to the next thing? Well, I did watch this. I actually did post it. So I am going to big league you and claim that I did post this one. A couple of things. It's like they are admitting that Christ is real. They're admitting that that second coming is going to happen. So they're not saying it won't happen, but they're also, it's also where they're playing God. And on one hand, you say, well, that's good. They're, they're doing some good. It can extend life. It can make life better. Yes. However, there's an ulterior motive typically, or they're in the wrong hands that happens. And we see that happening on, on a lot of different things where man starts to become a little God. But we see this more and more. They're using technology and, you know, technology can be used for good. It can be used for bad. We see it right here with our phone. So very enlightening. And, and then if you watch the rest of that, that interview, the woman who's interviewing is actually taken back, says, she's almost like, are you serious? Are you serious? And the guy is basically saying, yeah, they're serious. And here's why. Absolutely. Hands down. Well, I, I think you may have posted this one, GJ. I'm not sure if you did or not. 73-year-old guy who happens to be a chaplain in Washington State was told that he had to take off this little one-inch cross pin that he wears. Now, GJ, is, he's big league in this chaplain because he's got a three-inch cross that he wears. <laughs> it's at least three inches. But yeah, there's this guy. That, now, there's this new minister, and I, and I hesitate to say the name of the church, but it was the in the Methodist church that came in. And this one 73-year-old chaplain has always worn this little tiny cross because he's a Christian chaplain. And he was told that he had to take it off or else is kind of how it was put because he would be, he would offend those that he was ministering to. I'm like, this is a uh, craziness. This actually made me go hmm, to a massive extent, but there is one other thing that tiny and I, by the way, that they made me go, Hmm, we actually were talking about this a couple months back. We even showed a video of it, but we actually, tiny and I saw this just yesterday. We're at whole foods. And I thought, surely that was just some video that somebody posted, even though we reported on it. But here, we're at Whole Foods right here in Roseville. And we walk in yesterday morning to get some groceries. And Tanya walks up and she's like, oh, are you serious right now? She goes, how does this work? She goes, oh, yeah, you can go over there, put all your information in, set up an Amazon One account. And then all you have to do when you come in is wave your palm over this little thing. And it's connected to all your financial information, your address, and everything that you need to make payments. And it's connected to your Prime account. So not only that, but they can see already exactly what you purchase all the time. So anyway, just wanted to show that one last time before we hop into the message here. But crazy. GJ, one more. Any thoughts about that before we go forward to the message? Things that make you go, again, we've been talking about these things for the last more than two years. And I know you and I have studied this for years and years. And I go back to the seventies when, you know, I was first, you know, ex exposed to, you know, the end days and what could happen. But we started talking about this. Now we're seeing it firsthand. And even though this one is not the chip, it's, you know, your handprint, it's just, 
It's desensitizing people. It's a convenience. Oh my gosh, I don't have to pull out my, my wallet and my credit card. It's speed. And they'll, they'll sell it as more safe, which it probably is. But we just see where it's going and going and going. And it's converging on such a level. And it's happening right before our eyes. There's your sign. Absolutely. And the interesting thing is, I think I pointed this out last time too. When you take a look at that picture and you're facing it, that is the right hand. Just saying, just throwing it out there. That's the right hand. Anyway, I do want to get into this message here because we've been we've been really focused on Revelation for quite a while. And uh, I'm going to take a little side step today. I was looking back on a bunch of messages that I had spoken in the years past. And I found this one. And GJ, you know me really well. John that's on here, hopefully still listening. John knows me really well. He knows that a lot of my life I spend helping people understand what it means to love your neighbor as yourself. So I like to point people towards relationship. I like to do relationship. I like to find out more about people and their stories. So I thought it was fitting to end this year of Tuesdays with the theme for what I think should be the rule of our lives that comes right out of Matthew chapter 22. First of all, God is not oblivious. He's not stupid. He's intelligent. God's witty. Has anybody ever thought about God being witty? I think that's something we should think about. God is witty. He's like on it. In a second, he can respond. But the Pharisees and the Pharisees back in the day of religion, religious days when Jesus was around, they plotted to try and trip up Jesus, as did what another group called the Sadducees. They both failed. Both groups failed. One of the experts in the law, the law being the law of Moses, tested Jesus with the question. Now, little did this expert of the law know he was speaking with the one who authored the law. Literally, this Pharisee is actually talking to the one who authored the law. Now, in present day, we have thousands and thousands of lawyers, and I'm, I'm going to be one of them shortly. We have hundreds of thousands of lawyers, hundreds and hundreds of judges interpreting, at least in this country, the Constitution, the laws, and the Bill of Rights. It has become so intricate and so complicated that you need a book to help explain even how to read the law. We even need more lawyers to help interpret the new laws that have been developed over the years. Now, here's check this out. There are laws still on the books that should have been removed a long time ago. Did you know that in Hollywood, it is still illegal to drive more than 2,000 sheep down Hollywood Boulevard at any one time? I know. Who would have guessed? In Los Angeles, it is still illegal to hunt moths under a streetlight. <laughs> I guess you need some protein. In San Francisco, it's illegal to wipe one's car with used underwear. I mean, that means you can only use your underwear once. It is illegal to pile horse manure more than six feet high on a street corner in Los Angeles. This law is still on the books. I mean, this is crazy. I mean, obviously, if we took the time, we could remove some of those laws off the books because they don't even matter anymore. But the same thing happened in Jesus' time. They had developed amendments upon amendments. What that does is water down the basic fundamental laws of the scripture so that they are almost unrecognizable. And we do this in our own lives. We try to justify our actions so we feel better about what we may have done wrong or are continuing to do wrong even now. We categorize sin so we can test the boundaries and see how far we can push God's grace. Let's face it. How simple can you get beyond you shall not steal? That's a really simple law. Just don't take stuff that belongs to somebody else. 
We say, oh, he must not have meant that if you intend on giving it back without them noticing, then it's okay. Or, but God doesn't understand how much I really wanted it. What Jesus did when he was talking to these Pharisees and Sadducees in Matthew chapter 22 was simplify even further the first 10 laws that were then changed into 637 laws. And he took that first 10 laws and made them into two. Now, I believe Jesus was thinking, well, since you thought the Ten Commandments were too complicated, let me just boil it down to just two. <laughs> let me just make it simple for you. When you put what we do into the context of these two commandments that Jesus gave us in our passage today in Matthew chapter 22, it's extremely hard to water down these two commandments. The question is, is do our actions or do they not, do our actions show or do they not show that we love God and love our neighbor? That's the litmus test. When you think of these two commands and how simple they are, it makes you realize how short uh, we have come to following through with them. We absolutely need God's grace. And when we water down the commandments we see here, we then begin to think we can attain God's favor by our own actions. When we take the 10 commandments and blow them up into 637, when Jesus is saying, no, the 10 that I had were really two, then it's more and more difficult to water that down and make it seem like oh, we can just own God's favor or earn God's favor by our own actions. Now, I hope that as we end this year of 2022, and God knows I didn't think that we would be where we are in 2022 at the end of this year. A lot of crazy things going on and crazy things continue to happen. But I hope that this year we have learned more about what it means to love God and love your neighbor. And just know that these two commands are threaded through all we do and learn. So I think, GJ, as we move forward to this coming year, and I'm going to let, take it, throw it over to you in just a second, let's keep focusing on the simplicity of what God asks of us and how much we need to trust God to help us, especially in our inability to carry these commandments out on a daily basis. When I think about that last story that we talked about with the 73-year-old chaplain who's just wearing a little cross to show that he believes in Jesus, when he goes to minister to people, and yet this other new minister comes along with whatever laws that that minister follows. And this is not a judgment against him. I mean, his own actions will judge him. I don't have to do that for him. But when that one minister comes along and says, you shouldn't wear that cross because it offends people. That's the point. The cross is offensive. But Jesus, in what he did, exemplified the two greatest commandments to the greatest ultimate sacrifice. To love God by willingly going to the cross to die for our sins and showing us how we need to love our neighbor by going to the very lengths that we would go to share the love of Christ. GJ, tell us what you think, what, what's going on, and then lead us in a prayer. Well, I mean, it's pretty simple. People will be offended, and you know, you and I have had these conversations. It's like, and, and this will rub some people wrong. Some people will be offended by this comment. If you're offended, then you're playing a victim consciousness, and a victim consciousness is a lot of times a choice. Now, there are things where people are truly a victim, but when you're talking about something like a cross, you're choosing to be a victim. You're choosing to be offensive. And and it's like people are either blind to what really matters or they are using it for their own gain. And sometimes, again, like I said, you got to look in the spiritual world and the spiritual world is being, you know, there's this friction going on and then it's being played out in the flesh here on earth. So, you know, I, I've just chosen like, Hey, you and I may not agree, 
I can, I've got two options. I can be offended or I can just say, hey, that's your stuff and I disagree with it. I'm moving on. Because by choosing to be offended, you're choosing to be a victim and choosing to be a victim. Now you're actually moving into a negative position versus a positive position. And I'm all about how do you, how do you turn something into a positive situation versus a negative? And I know this cross will offend some people. One of the reasons why I wear this, I mean, I have some nice necklaces. I wear this one because, <clears throat> and it's it's pretty good size. And I'm like, I never take it off. The only time I take it off is when it needs to be cleaned. Actually, when Alita says, you need to get that clean. So the bottom line is, it isn't about being offended or not being offended. But it, it, it you go back to, you know, Jesus' days, he definitely offended some people. And a lot of times the people that are being offended, they're blind. And so our as Christians, we should be praying for them. We should be looking at them, as you said, Dan, as our neighbor, as our friend, even though we may be on polar opposites on what we believe on any any topic, is how can I pray for that person? And when you start looking at it in an eternal perspective, because there's people that aren't going to heaven, and there's people that are going to go to heaven, and hopefully those who are watching and listening is going to go to heaven. I know Dan's going to heaven, and I know I'm going to heaven, and I find peace and I find comfort. And when you start to look from an eternal perspective, then it makes some of these other things like, why get all upset about it? Hey, if that's the choice you want to make, I mean, if you're a parent, and I know Dan and I've had different conversations about some of our children, is that it's hard enough to being a parent because there's no, there's no playbook how to be the perfect parent. <laughs> and then a lot of times when we're told how to be a parent, we don't want to hear it because we're hearing it from our parents. Like, what do you know? <laughs> but then years later, you go, oh, you're right. You're actually right. So as a parent, sometimes we may disagree with our child's choices. We still love them. We still care for them. And I believe that's the perspective we should have with people is have an eternal perspective. And how can you represent Jesus? And sometimes it's not in our words or even what we wear. When you just think from that eternal perspective, it just really flips the perspective of what's really important. And some things are just not worth being said or worth being, you know, argued over. And and a lot of times nobody wins. But that's what Satan wants. He wants divide. He, he came here to kill, steal, kill, and destroy our lives, our relationships, everything. We're seeing that being played out right in front of us on a global scale. So with that said, what can you do? Again, be in the Word. Be in the Word. You know, I'm in the Word every day. I've missed two days this year where I wasn't in the Word, and I like having my streaks. I missed two days. So the other the other days I was in the Word, you know, being in prayer, and you don't have to be in the Bible to, to pray, and that is the weapon, and God does hear you. God does want what's best. No matter where you're at, no matter what you've done, no matter how good or bad your life is, God is there. He is there. You can find a peace, a comfort, and most importantly, it may suck here on earth, Heaven is is fantastic. Even though I haven't been there, I just know, take the best of the earth, and heaven is much better. So no matter where you're at in life, I, I challenge you to recommit your life to Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus, I pray that you know Jesus. I pray that God can take those pains away. He can give you peace. It may not solve everything around you. That is a process. What I do know is God will help you in the right direction. and ultimately. Heaven is eternity. It's forever. Why miss that opportunity? And if you're not sure, do you want to be sure? And uh, that's a question I ask a lot of people. 
do you want to be sure? So I'm going to lead you in a prayer. So dear Lord, we come to you. We thank you for this opportunity. We thank you that here at Christmas, you, you had your son, you sent him to earth in human form so that you, we could have everlasting life, so we could be forgiven, so that you could take all of our sins away. We recognize that Jesus is the Lord and Savior. We recognize Jesus is the only way through to you, the Father. We ask that you come into our heart. We ask that you come into and, and make us new. We ask for forgiveness of our sins. We make the commitment to turn away from our sins. Again, we acknowledge as you are Lord and Savior. And again, we thank you for sending your son so that we could have everlasting life. In Jesus' name, I pray. And I know every week I pray it different a little bit. Bottom line, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the only way to the Father, which is God the Father. We have to ask for forgiveness of our sins, recognize that he's the Lord and Savior, and turn away and move on. It's really that basic. It's harder to apply, and then Satan wants to make it more difficult for us. I think it's more difficult, or be offended by it, or what people are going to be offended, or I'm going to be changed to something I don't want to be. God knew how you were going to be before you were even created. So anyway, you have a unique gift. God wants you to use it for his purpose and what's best for you. I know Dan's living that. I know I'm, I'm living that. And it's not always easy. If you knew some of the stuff we've dealt with over the last couple of years, uh, you'd go, oh my goodness. Even though we come on the show, but we know God's called us and uh, we're being obedient. Over to you, smartest man alive. Amen. <laughs> Mover and shaker, GJ. Now, I really appreciate all that, GJ, and the prayer. We've gone a little longer than we normally go today, but you know what? That's because we had a lot more to say before the end of the year. We also had a special guest on named John Gamble. So thank you, John Gamble, for coming on. You can always find us at all these different platforms. Just go to endtimes.chat, and you'll find all the platforms there. Check our sponsors out and hear all the past broadcasts that you want to listen to. And you can also catch this broadcast which should be on sometime in the next 24 to 48 hours. God bless you guys. We love you. Happy New Year. Please have a safe New Year, and we'll see you next year and next week. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to End Times Chat with GJ and Dan. If you decided to follow Christ, email us at endtimeschat at gmail.com. We would love to hear your story. Tune in next time for more, and don't forget to pray, prepare, protect, Proclaim, pray again, persist, persevere, and pass it on. God bless. We'll see you next time.